This podcast series is brought to you by the Committee for Adelaide and Grant Law PR. We talk with passionate boomerangs and arrows in this series and hear why they have chosen South Australia as their home to live and work. Boomerangs are people who are originally from South Australia, moved abroad and have returned. Arrows are people who have chosen to make South Australia their new home. Peter, maybe I'm just a one-eyed Star Trek fan, but I think it's the best thing ever that Adelaide is Australia's centre for the space sector. And we have with us today probably the leading light in the sector, a name that everyone is familiar with, and that is Flavia Tata Nardini, who's CEO of Fleet Space Technologies. How are you doing, Flavia? Very good, thank you. <laughs> and hello to you too, Peter. Hello, um, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, Grant. That was brilliant. Um, Flavia, we're going to get straight into it with you today. So would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? You've, you know, you've been all over the world and you're here in South Australia now. What happened before you got here to South Australia? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so I'm an, uh, an Italian girl. I was born in the beautiful city of Rome from a very big family. Um, always, will, I mean, I tell these stories quite often, always love space. Um, an interesting life because we were a big family in Rome. Uh, we were kind of a rich family up to when I was 10 and then our fate just turned upside down. So I started dedicating a lot of my attention to study, uh, became a space engineer, aerospace engineer, big nerd, really. And I wanted just, you know, to, to do stuff, you know, to kind of... Uh, I don't know if it's, you can call it a chip on the shoulder, but you know, this is more or less what it was. I was a professional basketball player, so I really, really liked basket as well, but space was my thing. Mm. So I left uh, Rome when I was probably 23 years old, and I went to the Netherlands, that is in the north of uh, Europe, where the European Space Agency is, and the rest of history. So I started as a space engineer. I loved rockets, so you can say I'm a bit of a rocket scientist. Um, I think rockets are amazing. <laughs> Who doesn't like rockets? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. And uh, and then what happened is I was in Europe working on beautiful, you know, exploration missions and uh, having the best time. And then I met an Adelaide boy <laughs> in the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, I came to Adelaide. So when I landed in Adelaide, it was nine years ago. I was, for me, the first step in Australia. Mm. Never been to Australia before. Um, we now have two beautiful kids. Uh, so, you know, that side of the story worked out quite nicely. But I wanted to keep working in space. Mm. Uh, it was such a high level. It's so young in Europe that I wanted to keep doing it. And at that point in time, Australia didn't have a space agency. No. There was not a space industry. There were no space companies. It was nothing, you know. So I was a pretty, pretty cool mom, you know, growing these little ones at home. But I couldn't give up my dream. So, Yeah. And at one point, you also embarked on an educational uh, Yeah, initiative. definitely. Tell us uh, about the, that. the very first startup. So I met my co-founders and uh, I didn't know what building a startup was. You know, I think I tried to become, um, to have a PhD, uh, which uh, I knew. I think, you know, I tried to look for everything, enter into the mining industry. <laughs> I was like having all sorts of ideas. Mm. Um, didn't work out for me. So I got approached by these founders and said, hey, we can build a startup. I really had no idea what it meant. Mm. Like, you know, I've been in corporate all my life and not really passionate about entrepreneurship, really. Um, but we built this education company that it did very well in the first couple of years. It kind of gave me a taste. So we were launching as multi 3 printed satellites for school kids. Mm. It was just fun, you know, a couple of years. So it gave me a taste of um, 
the industry, Australia, uh, what it meant, you know, to take care of your own business. And then we founded Fleet. And and how did that all come about with Fleet? Like it's such an amazing story here and, and it's so well known now, not only here in Australia, but internationally as well. You said you founded Fleet. How, how did that oh, transpire I, from there? It is weird to think about it because you have to know that um, – so we were we were working on this educational company and it was giving us money enough to participate to conference and we knew that we had to find the big business mm-hmm. breakthrough. So I really liked small satellites. Small satellites was my my nerdy background, and it was it's also small satellites are the the change in space. Like you know, uh, we are going from very big satellites to small satellites. It is what was changing in the space sector. Mm. So I was looking at this amazing Silicon Valley company called Planet. Planet was founded by, amongst others, an Australian, Chris, uh, from from University of Sydney, that has just been to space with one of Bezos, you know, (laughs) incredible rocket. (laughs) And Planet was building these most satellites for Earth observers. So they were launching 300 satellites in the sky for, Mm. for taking photos. So I was very inspired and I'm like, okay, what can we do? And I remember I was in a conference in Melbourne, uh, just listening to, you know, space and it was just a general space conference. And someone said something to me. I said, you know, there was a panel and they were talking about um, this concept of Internet of Things or connecting all the things around us. And they were talking about trillion of devices. They were talking about the world is going to be all connected and cars will be connected and drones and, uh, you know, and energy factories and your computer and your phone and your fridge. This amazing vision that, you know, mm. we are promised. And I remember during the conference standing up and ask a que- asking a question, say, who is going to connect all these things? Mm. Like, how is it going to happen? Can, you know, 4G, 5G cover 2% of Earth. 98% of Earth is unconnected. Not connected, yeah. So if we're going to have self-driving cars and flying drones and things connected everywhere, who is going to do that? Mm. And I remember the panel said, oh, someone will figure it out. Then I thought something happened in my brain. I thought, what do you mean someone will figure it out? Like, this is a space application because if 90% of Earth is unconnected, the, the only way to see such vast territory is connecting it from space. And that was the beginning of Fleet. <laughs> and these your nano satellites are literally the size of a shoebox. Yeah, they are very small. So the uh, what's happening in space that from very very big satellites, probably as big as MBN, you know, mm. like mm. five hundred million dollars, a lot of money to you know, big as a bus, a lot of money to launch and build. Then uh, electronics is getting smaller. It's very similar to a supercomputer and an iPhone. You know, the same growth. I always always say talk about you know the beautiful movie hidden figures mm-hmm. in which the ladies uh, work with these new IBM computers that are massive they are like first they they don't work with any computer but then they get you know they get to use this massive IBM computer that are huge and they got less power than an iPhone you know they had really little power <laughs> satellites are the same yeah so satellites getting smaller it's just like the iPhone revolution mm. so if you can, and what I always say, like you can, if you can see Earth from the top, you know, because this is where space is, like the view <laughs> from the top, what can you do? What can mm-hmm. you connect? You know, it is incredible. So that was the dream. Can we put satellites to connect, to give, you know, internet connection to the other rest of the world that is unconnected? 
Uh, and Flavor, you've just had a very uh, successful capital raising. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So Fleet, uh, it is uh, six years old. And the first raise we done four years ago. Okay, and four years ago, I mean, in the past four years, we have raised more than 50 million. Mm. Um, the last raise was almost 30 million US. So it's a lot of money. And it was incredible for our South Australian startup. We got VC from US and, uh, and super funds here. And, you know, the South Australian government, the biggest VC in Australia and uh, in Asia Pacific, it was in QTEL in US. So we've done very well. So we have grown from 30 people to we are towards 100 this year, you know, in a few months. We have expanding U.S. We are building more satellites. And, uh, yeah, it is all happening very fast. <laughs> what an amazing startup story. And it's of absolute credit to you, Flavia. Well done. Now, in terms of moving to Adelaide, when you first came here, was it what you expected it to be? Um, no. It was uh, my first impression. It's very funny because my first impression of Adelaide was not good. No. I remember the day that I arrived. I don't know what I was expecting. It was, uh, I'm very attached, as you probably understand now, to what I do and, you know, very high tech. Mm. And I was told that South Australia was the center of engineering. So I was expecting something that I don't think it was there. However, I have to, and I have to admit, I struggled the first couple of years, you know. Um, then something happened to the city. And, you know, I was very critical at the beginning. I was remember flying back to Rome and saying, I just want to be here in Rome. I want to go back. Mm. Um, I see something happen in the past six years. Uh, and it's, I find it very exciting. I, I actually think that probably everyone will agree, people that are not from Adelaide, Adelaide really grows on you. Like, yeah. you know, after two, three years, um, you can't live without there is something that doesn't happen straight away. Mm. I think it's your mental health that it gets better and better the more you live in the city. But it was also surrounded by amazing choices in tech in this state, you know, and the space and cyber and energy and Law 14 and the space park and all that, an interesting movement of a government, an ecosystem, a society that decided to go full into the next century and yeah. i really did not expect this when i arrived here nine years ago i thought where am i where am i <laughs> but then you know there are some 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 ecosystem you know in new zealand in israel that they grew like this you know mm. from nothing to hero and i think south australia is doing exactly this so now it feels like being in the in the middle of the the storm like with a space agency here all the high-tech startups and investments and i like it yeah, that's a really good point, Flavia. And, you know, I think we are starting to think more global, but act um, acting local here in SA, do you think we're on that right track? There is a lot of acting local still. I mm. mean, don't forget that Adelaide, I think some stats say how many SMEs there are in this state yeah. is incredible. And most of mm. them are very local, taking care of local needs. So a shift is, is happening. The good things is space, energy, cybersecurity, machine mm. learning, hydrogen, all these super high-tech things that are, are here to stay. There are global problems. There are global companies. There are global solutions. Mm. And the world has changed a lot through COVID. And we don't have to forget that we've been very, very lucky. Like my company has been growing while other companies around the world has been dying. Mm. You know, Australia on the international um Miro now in, in tech is seen in an incredible way. So I was just having this conversation with someone. 
if you look at the best software companies in the world, like just announced a couple of weeks ago, you got Microsoft, you got Google, you got Amazon or Salesforce, you got Atlassian. So you got Atlassian, you know, built by two university, amazing guy in Sydney that is at the top up there mm. with Google and Amazon. You got Canva. You got so what's happening is that the world is looking at, you know, to Australia and thinking, what is happening there? Because mm. one unicorn, unicorn is a billion dollar company, mm. has been built every every year, mm. if not every six months. So this is just the beginning. And it's so it's that kind of feeling of excitement where you are in a new ecosystem because you are the new kid in town and everyone is looking at you and you also have the chance as a society to not make the same mistakes. So I think it's the best place to be for tech. Speaking of tech, um, in terms of finding the right skills and the staff, how are you finding that, Flavio? I mean, you're growing your business exponentially Listen, Fleet has always been a little darling of Australia. So every time we put a vacancy out, we're very, very lucky. Uh, I work a lot to try to transmit a good message that I, I care a, a lot about a lot of things like mental health. I think the, the, the workforce has changed a lot. People don't really care about money. don't really care about the things that were important. Not even five years ago, they care about purpose. They care about freedom. They care mm. about health. Mm. You know, so if they can be part of a big journey and treat it nicely. So there is a culture in employers that needs to change. So a lot of people in Australia say, oh, you know, we put vacancies and no one's applied. In amazing companies. Because people are not stupid. You know, people understand nowadays the importance of purpose journey, great leaders. Not say that I'm a great leader, but you know what I mean, okay? And health and family. So yeah. I think the workforce is changing. So when it is not true that you cannot find talent, Talent is out there, but mm. the real talent comes with with different requirements mm. than five years ago. Yeah, you know. So I think people need to understand that we we keep hiring like crazy, mm. you know. And we try to explain to people that we don't just hire rocket scientists. You know, in the past two months, I hired twenty five people between sales, HR, finance, and uh, marketing. Not even one had a space background. Mm. So it's an industry that it's accessible to everyone. So. And I, what would your advice be to uh, to skilled migrants who come here in terms of networking and building up their networks? So what worked for you and what would you do differently? I mean, I was a skilled migrant right at the end of the day when I arrived here. And we also brought a lot of them into Adelaide with these high-skilled migrant visas. That's an amazing opportunity. Uh, I love also, if you look at most of the startups, a big number, like 30 40% are funded by immigrants yeah um that i think is fascinating it's like the tolerance for risk the tolerance for failure the tolerance for jumping out of the cliff mm. because they're already done right they packed their life they came here they wanted a better life they've got nothing to lose so it is uh, uh, a fleet we got all these employees i think we've got 25 nationalities yeah. with like 60 70 people that i love i love and, you know, what I tell them all the time, um, it, this is a very multicultural city, um, but they, you actually understand the pockets of knowledge as well. Like people coming from this country are really good at that type of engineering and people that are great at finance. So I don't know, I'm a bit biased, you know, because my company is super multicultural. But at the end of the day, when you need to build a product that is worldwide, you need to have all brains working yeah. on it. So this team, 
really network all together and uh, you know they 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 are here you know they go out they're all together i i push them to go out you know mm-hmm. go to law 14 uh, attend uh, attend this type of environment and uh, hopefully they do it mm. so you mentioned earlier on that that um that you fell in love with adelaide after living here for a couple of years and it took you a while to get into the adelaide groove if you like and that's one of the things that probably um we find challenging is is, is promoting adelaide our reputation hasn't be, hasn't been built properly yet what would your advice be to um you know in terms of how we can promote adelaide better listen the reality is that i was a young girl right coming here when you are in your late 20s what you really want i mean let's be honest is a really cool job is really cool clubs Mm. (laughs) and really cool places you know, at twenty twenty five, you're not interested, and it's the truth. You're not interested in, not yet, because now I am. I'm almost forty, and I think nature is great, and transport is great, and that, all those things. Now, oh, it's beautiful for my family to grow up with park and playgrounds, mm. but that was ten years ago. I really mm. didn't care about these things. So now we hire twenty five years old, twenty that they come to fleet, and you know, my business partner in front of fleet has got. ASP that are not allowed, they're a flying car company, right? Oh, yeah. So they come from Perth, from US, from Europe, and they got a satellite company in front of a flying car company. Co- doesn't get cooler than that. <laughs> you know, so they come here, they're 25, and it's cool. Yeah. And the city is changing around them, so there are more activities. And actually, it is a cool city, you know, there is a lot of festivals, a lot of good stuff. But you have to be in a vibrant, cool jobs to feel that you are. You know, doing something relevant, mm. and of course, when you grow a bit older, you got a family, you got a beautiful house, and and, and everything, all into pieces. <laughs> what do you enjoy? What's your uh, but Adelaide lifestyle? What do you particularly like? I live on the beach, so I live on the Esplanade. So I you know I open my window in my room every day. I see the beach, and I think it's the most beautiful place on earth. Like the sunset in Adelaide, every night are different, and mm. every night are beautiful. Like. I, I don't think there is any more beautiful place on earth. And I went to university on top of the Colosseum, you know, like wow. every single day for five years with my scooter, I was driving on top of the Colosseum. And well, so <laughs> it is a bit different, right? But the peace and the calm that I feel here with this beautiful nature, it is incredible. And it's just a short drive into the city, I oh, would imagine. 10 minutes of my work. But yeah. that, you know, that I don't even care because you know in Rome I was used to do one and a half hours to do one kilometer is that is that how much you know Adelaide told me something you know that I've never learned in any other place in the world I've traveled that the better the healthier you are the 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 more balanced you are as a human with nature with friendship the more you achieve in business like I'm a CEO of a hyper growth company that raised a hell of a lot of money and if you get to know me I work from nine to five in the weekend, I'm with my kids and I sleep 10 hours a day. And the company is flying. Mm. And that's something that Adelaide taught me. You know, you can achieve a lot. Be happy. You can do both. Mm. It's good. Mm. I actually read a recent article, how this CEO gets 10 hours sleep every that's night. Me. And you just uh, hit the nail on the head with what you just said there. But what Love I sleeping. loved about one of the things that you said in there was about your emails, how you master your emails every I'm day. Emails, I don't know, I'm a bit of CD with emails, okay. But, you know, my thing, you know, I, don't, I didn't even know, I've learned to become a CEO. It's not that you go to university. Mm. I was a nerd. I was a space engineer. Mm. So I'm still learning. One thing that I think is very, very important is 
you know, three things, you know, people, the right people doing the right jobs, money in the bank and telling the people the story about what we're doing. And I think I don't want to be blocking for anyone. So I'm an email master. I go to sleep at nine o'clock every night with zero email read, zero unlimited action. I love it. That's amazing. And you know, <laughs> and I love it so much. Sometimes I check emails from my colleagues, like my CEO, my can I check your emails? Like it is they're like what do you mean? I'm like, I can action them for you. <laughs> I'm just a massive multitasker. And I find a lot of satisfaction on not being a blocker for anyone. Good it's, on you. It's good. <laughs> so I also read that you're not, and one of our questions is, you know, what's your favorite podcast or book you're reading at the moment? And I saw you don't do podcasts except uh, for speaking at them. <laughs> I don't hear any podcast, you know. I mean, like, I I don't know why. You know, I like, I mean, like, I like doing pod- podcasts, but I never listen to them. Uh, there is what one thing that still fascinates me. A lot of CEO they talk about. You know, I I read this book about leadership, and I and I hear podcasts about leadership every day. No, I watch <laughs> trash television. Yes, <laughs> I watch all the most crazy series on Netflix, and I read all comedies. I just I feel that in my free time, I need light. Yeah. lightness yeah so what's your recommended like, netflix show God, to watch I'm, at the moment i'm watching manifest at the moment <laughs> that is a story of a disappear airplane that is makes no sense but God, i love it you know after working after taking care of the kids and mm. working so hard what they said how oh, you just want to sit down and think about nothing so i really don't trust extremely those big leaders that say they spend all the free time studying the economy of the world. I'm not that type of CEO. They're missing out on manifest. Exactly. They're missing out on manifest. <laughs> right, so Flavia, I think you've said so many positive and great things about Adelaide, but just finally, your last bit of advice to any potential migrant that might be listening to, to this podcast. Why Adelaide? Why Adelaide? Listen, I just moved my brother's family to Adelaide. You know, the five of them, they were living in uh, Dubai and now they're here with me. After 15 years, I'm leaving one of my siblings. They arrived a month ago. They love it. You know, they got three kids. And what I told them is that you have to come here and your life will change. You know, your, who you are will change. Uh, how much you can achieve will change. And he's been here for a month and he loves it and he's achieving a lot. So my advice is come Adelaide has to be lived okay but if you are a person that cares about success but cares about family cares about health and cares about a really good life full of also massive achievements this is the place to be mm, it's just about coming here and experiencing it you isn't have it to come. come and have a look see what Adelaide has to offer S- and then decide see if you that really what person to. you are because yeah. uh, it changes you know and a lot of people have got a lot and I was one, one of those people that had lot of things to say you know Sydney is better and Melbourne is better and more European and Sydney is great but Adelaide makes you a better human and a great business person so I think it's the place to be and what an amazing business person we have right here thank you so much Flavia it's been so wonderful to have you as part of this podcast thanks for having me thank you thank you for listening to our podcast brought to you by hosts Grant Law and Peter St. Clair we hope you enjoyed it Don't forget to follow us on socials. Simply search for Adelaide Connected. We host podcasts monthly, so stay tuned to hear from more inspiring boomerangs and arrows who have chosen South Australia as a place to live and work.